What it do, what it do. Welcome into the Common Fan. I'm Austin Dunson here with Nathan Massey. Nathan, what's good, bro? Uh, it's March and March Madness is on and that's what's good. That's all I know. Literally, it is. I, I don't know why. I guess it's probably because Arkansas is in the tournament. But I'm like more excited about March Madness this year than I have been in years past. But uh, I've got Oklahoma State and Liberty playing right now on my TV. It appears that Oklahoma State's got it in the bag. But there's already been some crazy upsets like... Oral Roberts beating number two seed Ohio State. Ohio State is overrated in every sport ever. That's all I have to say. Uh, I mean, yeah. That's probably a pretty fair take. I don't know. Maybe not football every year. In most years, I would say so. But like not every year because sometimes in football, they're actually pretty good. Like when they donkeyed uh, Bama that one year for the national championship in the college football playoff. And then they donkeyed Clemson this year, but no one was going to beat Bam. I wouldn't call that overrated. Yeah, that's true. Not overrated, but they fall short most of the time in the big games. Yeah, they fall short of expectations. But, yeah, I, but, I, but there's, I feel like there's a difference between being overrated and falling short of expectations, right? Like, I feel yeah. like overrated, there's, like, no merit. But, like... Now, Ohio State basketball team, probably I would consider them overrated because I think they lost a lot of games, but because they're in the Big Ten and the Big Ten's so good, they just left them a very high seed. I think they lost like, I don't want to misspeak. They lost a decent amount of games here on the home stretch, and they were still ranked pretty high. So I'd probably consider that overrated. But their football team losing the national championship, I feel like that sort of exceeded expectations because... I didn't even think they should have been in the playoffs and they go and donkey Clemson. So, like, I don't know. This is a really random Ohio. So, go ahead. (laughs) They they went 21-10 and in basketball this year. So, yeah, I can see it. But also, I went through and was picking my bracket just because I do it every year. I didn't really watch a lot of college basketball this year. So, I was actually – some of the games I was kind of just clicking random things. And then the other ones I was clicking through and, like, looking at some of the teams and stuff. And I noticed that for a lot of teams, though. There's, like, obviously Gonzaga – is still undefeated and has a chance to just straight up go undefeated. But there were a lot of teams that were higher, and I can't name any of them just because it was just for 30 seconds I looked at them. But I'd be like, oh, they have 10 losses. Okay, let's pick the other team. And then I go back, and they're like a four seed, and the team that they're playing has four losses, and they're 11 seed. And I realize it's a big-time conference opponent versus a small conference. Yeah, like uh, I, I, I won't talk too much. I can, actually, I feel like I can talk about the Arkansas game that was today earlier. Arkansas obviously won, or we probably wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. Um, but I actually, actually, I can talk about this game because on a national scale, everybody's upset pick was Colgate over Arkansas. I saw it so many times that it started to feel like if Arkansas would have won, like if Arkansas won that game, it would have been an upset. Because I because a three versus fourteen, it was a three versus fourteen, but Colgate was fourteen and one overall, and they have some sharp shooters. But they only played five teams all year because of the weird COVID no non-conference or no non-conference game schedule. So they played the same five teams four times a piece or something along those lines and went 14 and one. And so everybody in the national media was like, this is a guarantee. Like, this is an upset. And so I was really nervous about it. Arkansas went down 14 really early and I was getting chirped at already. Like, unprompted, hadn't talked to my friends in almost a week because it's spring break, just chirping, like, what are your boys doing? Overrated. I could probably go to the Tennessee Tech Fitness Center and put together a team that could beat Colgate, and they're taking Arkansas to the outhouse. Like, (laughs) just stuff like that, just chirps for no reason. And 
I, I don't get it, but they actually made me nervous for the game. And Arkansas ended up winning, and <laughs> I think they could actually go a decent way because if they beat Texas Tech, they have to play either Oral Roberts, who they've already beaten this season, and Florida, who they've already beaten this season in the Sweet 16, and could very well make it to the Elite Eight. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Doesn't really matter. Okay. Did you pick a bracket? I did pick a bracket, actually. Fun fact, and I was pull perfect. Up. Pull it up. You want me to pull up? Which I made a couple brackets. Yeah. Which one do you, you want me to pull up my best? Just whatever you, yeah, I only made one, but I want you to just pull up whatever you feel like is your best. My best Even is. You may have, like, okay, go ahead. My best is right now I have. 80 points, 99.9% accuracy, and 1,890 potential points is, the, is the, the max, I guess. By the way, that's not accuracy. What do you mean? That's, that's where you rank out of the percentage of, like, out of all the brackets. You're in the 99th percentile. Oh, really? Yeah, I had, to, I had this conversation with my friends earlier because, like, somebody had, I think it was, like, the second game and they got, they got one and missed the other. And they were like, I'm in, I am 68% accurate. And I'm like, one for two is not 68%. Oh. Which, like, yours would make more sense because you're at least, like, very high up there. Yeah. But, I think in this bracket, the only game I've gotten wrong thus far is Ohio State and Oral Roberts. That is correct. I had Oregon State upsetting Tennessee, not shocking, super overrated. Um, I had Loyola Chicago winning. I had Oklahoma State beating Liberty, which they just did, as now I'm seeing. Uh, yeah, the only one I had wrong was Oral Roberts. Why? Why, why? why did you want me to pull this up? Did you want me to just go over it? Yeah, I was just going to compare our brackets to see where we are. Who's your final four? <clears throat> Let's see. For this bracket, my final four is Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, and BYU. <laughs> okay, going with the dark horse there. I like the last one. Like You were really solid with the first three. The last one's kind of a sleeper pick. Yeah, they're all one seeds, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> in the Final Four. But Baylor's a really good basketball team, and they could easily make a run at this thing, for sure. I'm glad you laughed. Wait, I, you say, I, what? No, you said BYU. I did say BYU. Did I just say Baylor? I had Baylor and BYU. I had both of them. Uh, but no, yeah, so I, six I, seed. yeah, I know, but BYU is a very good team. And I'm glad oh, you okay, laughed okay. at that, because when they make the Sweet 16, I'm going to be like, Massey, remember when you laughed at me saying BYU was good? They could very well get I have beat them by 11 seed UCLA. I just don't have them in my final four. Yeah, I don't know who I have them beating in my sweet 16. Uh, I have them I have them beating Bama and then upsetting Michigan. And then in the, in the final, I have Gonzaga and Illinois. And I actually have Illinois winning in this bracket. I do too. I have my final four is Gonzaga, Alabama, Baylor, Illinois. Um with Alabama getting beat by Illinois in the national championship, 72-68. You think Bama's going to go all the way to the national championship? I have no clue. <laughs> did, you just ran- <laughs> did you just yeah. randomly? I mean, they could. It's it's very possible. Um, well, I just have that because I, I have seen some stuff on Twitter on them. Like I said, I'm usually a very big like college basketball person. Not very big. Let's not go that far. I usually watch a good amount of college basketball compared to the average person. Yeah. This year, just not nearly as much. Um, but it seems like every time I get on Twitter and I know I'm from this, like I follow a bunch of SEC accounts and everything. So obviously everybody was hyping up the best, one of the best teams in the SEC in Alabama. Oh, so, they're the best team in the, in the SEC for sure. Yeah. So I had them and I was kind of going through and I have them beating BYU, which wouldn't be an upset, but it like, according to you, it'd be, a, it was, it'll be a pretty good game. 
then I have Florida State beating Michigan in an upset, and then Alabama beating Florida State, and then I have them against Gonzaga. And for some reason, I just didn't want to pick Gonzaga to go to the national championship because I just feel like that's a very Gonzaga thing for this to be their year and then them just not do it. Yeah. But if I miss that one, like if I miss that out of the, out of my final four, I think I'll be in pretty good shape as far as the group that I'm in. Yeah, I agree. And if BYU doesn't make the final four, this bracket won't be busted because I don't have them in the national championship game. But it would be nice if they made it all the way to the final four. I really do think that they're super underrated team. But, I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Bro, no kidding. Totally forgot we were recording a podcast right now. I was literally just talking to you, like telling you, <laughs> telling you what my bracket was about. And I looked up and I was like, "Oh my gosh, we're eight minutes into a podcast." I mean, that's that's the idea, though, right? Yeah, I guess. But usually, I have like the mindset of we're recording right now, so I have to be super energetic. But I haven't been. <laughs> um, <laughs> my elite eight is still completely intact. My sweet sixteen. The only one I'm missing is Ohio State, uh, which I had them getting my woo pig Arkansas. Let's go. Uh, yeah, I have I Arkansas. Have Arkansas I have Arkansas in my Elite Eight, too. I think now, I think I have, they have a legitimate possibility to make a run at this thing. I told everybody that would listen to me that Arkansas's biggest game and the game that they would feel the most pressure is against Colgate in the first round because they're an unknown team. They're trying to make a name for themselves. They're trying to prove everybody wrong. And everybody loves a good Cinderella upset story. And Colgate had that written all over them. Everybody loved them. They are sharp shooters, very well coached, had some big men that play well down low. And so, and you, and if you're Arkansas, you're a three seed for the first time since like 1994. And you don't want to be upset in the first round by a mid-major college that, you know, they're scrappy, but they're not as athletic as you. So I think that was the most pressure they'll face and they have a really good shot to make it run at things. I know they opened the second round as one point underdogs to Texas Tech, who's a really good basketball team. But I, I mean, I guess we'll just we'll have to see. But that's the one thing I do love about March Madness, though, is the upsets, bro. Because Oral Roberts has no business beating Ohio State, and yet here we are. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And that I, I, we were, so I was at my buddy's apartment earlier, and we were watching that game, right? And so obviously, every every one of us had Ohio State picked in our brackets, just because you kind of automatically with the ones and the twos, unless you're just crazy and can predict things that nobody else can or just get lucky. You can predict some of those, but you usually go with that with the one or the two, right? So we were sitting there and as the game went into overtime, everyone was rooting for Ohio State. And then once we got into overtime, it was like everybody was like, who cares? We're all going to mess the brackets up. It doesn't matter. Let's just root for them to get it, upset. And exactly. it, just, it got really fun. But that last possession when the ball started bouncing around and got kicked to the dude for Ohio State, I think it's Dwayne Washington. And he kicked the ball to Dwayne Washington, and he pulled up for three to tie the game. The entire room, we all stood up and put our hands up. And then, as it <laughs> ended, we're like, oh, this guy sucks. <laughs> he, he missed. Did you watch that game? No, I was watching Tennessee and Oregon State because I still had a perfect so, bracket to that point. And well, okay, I guess they so, wouldn't have. I actually did have a per. I had, I had a bracket where Oral Roberts beat Ohio State, and it was still perfect. But then Tennessee had to win, and they didn't, of course. Yeah, naturally. Sorry, um, well, anyways, we were watching that game, like I said, and Dwayne Washington, who I mean, again, I didn't watch. I definitely didn't watch Big Ten basketball this year. Yeah, I have um, no idea who that is. He's the only reason I know is because we just watched him play. Um, right. 
So don't people that are listening, don't think I'm just some college basketball expert trying to deny my knowledge of this. I literally only remember the name because I just watched him play this afternoon. <laughs> I guess he's I guess he's the the main scorer, like the guy for Ohio State. Because right. like I think there was probably about six possessions, and I don't know how they stayed in the game this entire time. He missed over and over and over again. He just he it was a three miss, layup miss, contested shot miss. Then he, I think he finally made one and then he missed a fadeaway at the buzzer that would have won them the game. Then they go into overtime, and like I said, the ball gets kicked to him. But, I mean, there was like a two- or three-minute stretch where he was just – I don't think he was even attempting to pass the ball. It was it was bad, and he was just going up and missing everything. And I was like, this dude single-handedly is going to lose this game. He probably was also the reason they were in the game because he was scoring the rest of the game. But he got bad there for a second. Yeah, and that's kind of something I was going to get into, actually. In, in March – if your best player is not your best player, you're not going to win. I don't know if that does that make sense to you. Yeah, the only way I could see that not working out is I don't know if you remember this. I think it was my freshman year in college, so probably about three years ago. That guy for Purdue when they beat UT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they had Carson Edwards, who was the guy, but they had some random kid off the bench that dropped like 30 on UT and he averaged. I think like 3.6 points a game or something stupid. Yeah, and he hit yeah. like nine of 11 threes or something crazy. And just, I mean, well, those are the only situations. But yeah, I agree. As, as far as the whole tournament, if your best player, like the guy, isn't the one that's dominating the game, then you're probably in a tough spot. But if you do get help from somebody else, like an unsung hero, that'll help you win a game, but not the entire tournament usually. Yeah, so maybe I should rephrase. So maybe I should say, if your best player isn't your best player, you won't make it. you won't make a solid run like you might win a game or two but you're not going to win when it comes down to the elite eight the final four because those guys have carried you all season and gotten you this far and they're everybody else's great players are being great that's why they win so it'll get you somewhat into the tournament but i don't think you can have a successful deep run without your your great players playing out of their freaking minds yeah, and that's one of the craziest parts about March Madness and one of the best parts about March Madness, too, is you got guys like, was it Jimmer Fredette and and uh, Steph Curry and uh, Gordon Hayward, who's guys that we had never heard of at their small schools at that yeah. point in time. And they all of a sudden are dropping 32 a game for the entire tournament. You're like, hey, this dude's pretty good. And then they end up having pretty solid careers in the NBA, let alone in college. Right. So, like Kimba Walker and Derrick Rose, all those kind of guys that are maybe not from the big, I guess UConn and Memphis are a little bit different as far as basketball. But for the most part, we we can all remember a guy from some tournament that just randomly was dropping 30-something a game, and then he became a national hero out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. So as far so speaking of little schools, do you have any Cinderella picks? I mean, I know we're already past the first day. There's a couple more games. Oral Roberts has won. Definitely... Uh, the makings of a Cinderella team, but we don't know anything past the first round, obviously. Do you have any anybody that sticks out to you that you're like, I want this team to go far? As far as going far... And by Cinderella, I, Cinderella, I consider probably eight and up seeds. I mean, close to just double digits, personally, but like eight and up, I consider a Cinderella story. I honestly don't have that many picked this year. Usually I have one or two a year, but like I said, I didn't watch a lot this year, so I just kind of did what I did. 
Um, I'd say the the farthest one that I have is uh, UC Santa Barbara in my Sweet 16. There you go. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. That was actually my team. And in that side of the bracket, I actually have UC Santa Barbara and Ohio both upsetting and then meeting in the next round. Then UC Santa Barbara beating Ohio and then them falling to Gonzaga. Yeah. But as far as my Elite Eight, I'm pretty sure I have... I'm pretty sure the lowest yet I I think I have is like a four. It doesn't show right there, or else I'd say it. But um, yeah, who's in your yeah, elite so eight? Why I, don't you I, tell me that? Gonzaga versus Kansas, Florida State versus Alabama, Baylor versus Arkansas, and Illinois versus Houston. Interesting. So that's pretty close to mine. I have Gonzaga versus USC, and then I have Michigan okay. and BYU. Uh, then I have Baylor, Arkansas, and Illinois, and Houston. I have Arkansas losing there because I'm realistic when it comes down to it. I mean, I also had some brackets where Arkansas lost to Colgate in the first round because it could have very easily happened. But anyway, sorry, I had, yeah, to, bur- so I had I, to burp right there. <laughs> um, but I was getting a drink of water. That was just bad timing. Yeah, that was a terrible time. We were both preoccupied. Um, but anyway, what I was going to say is whenever it comes to March Madness, of course I made a bracket where Arkansas wins the national championship. Who doesn't do that? And then I made, you know, your classic all favorites and your classic, you know, all upsets just because everybody, that's just what you do because yeah. you have 25 chances and no one is ever going to get it correctly, especially with people like Oral or teams like Oral Roberts coming in and knocking off a two seed or when UMBC, I think it was UMBC, beat Virginia that one year, the first yeah. ever 16 seed to beat a one seed. It's just so impossible to get a perfect bracket. That's why they offer so much money <laughs> to, to for if it happens because no one's ever going to do it. I might have to eat my words and I would love to see the day, but you just got to think, bro. It is so hard to pick every single game perfectly. It's so hard. I got a crazy story about uh, brackets and everything, bro. Okay. All right, go ahead. And I'm not, I think I've probably told you this, but I'm not sure. So anyways, when I was little and you could probably tell, obviously we have a sports podcast. So I love sports and I've watched all sorts of sports and been really into it my entire life. That's just who I am. And so anyways, so when I was younger, my dad obviously knew that I love sports. And so when March Madness would come around, he would let me fill out a bracket and put it into his work pool. So I actually won his work pool. Naturally. Two out of three years or something. I think two in a row and then was like third place in the last one. So I made money. I guess from my dad, I guess he probably gave me a cut of it anyways. So I won, I won it twice and then came in the top five or something the third time. So me and my dad were talking about one time in the kitchen. And I remember this vividly just because you're about to understand why. So my sister walks in and she was listening to us talk for a second. And I love my sister, but I love giving her crap too. everybody out there that has a brother sister relationship knows exactly what I'm talking about. So she walks in there and she's like, Oh, I want to fill out a bracket. And my dad's like, okay, that's fine. You, I'll get you one too. And I turn and look at her. I'm like, there's no way that you could fill out a bracket that's worth anything. I was like, there's no shot. I know exactly where this is going. <laughs> so I'm holding a paper because we we used to fill them out on the papers. And then you'd take them and I guess they'd pin them up or whatever and keep track of them, right? So I was holding the paper with the bracket on it and I show it to my sister. And Peyton, my sister, looks at it and she goes, Butler's going to win it all. And I look at her and I'm like, No. There is absolutely no chance they win it all. Ridiculous. Okay. And we just walk up. That was the end of the conversation. Nothing was thought about it. And then they pull an upset. And then they pull another upset. (laughs) And then out of nowhere, they're in the national championship game against Duke. Everybody remembers the Gordon Hayward year with Sheldon Mack and all those guys. And they were 
what, probably a quarter of an inch away from winning the natty if that ball had just taken a little bit different of a bounce off the backboard. I'm telling you, bro. So I got to give my sister credit where it's due. And her one blind look at a bracket when we were probably, I was probably 10 and she was probably 12 years old or whenever that was, was the year that Butler made it to the national championship and she called it. So she, I don't think she picked any other games on the entire thing. I don't even know if she ended up filling out a bracket. I just remember her telling me that, that Butler was going to win it and I laughed in her face. And she ended up being right. So <laughs> crazy things can happen. And that's the beauty of March Madness. Dude, it is because I'm telling you, the people that don't watch any sports and just kind of pick do the best, like by far, because it's that random. I know I was going to let my girlfriend do one because I know her very well and she would just pick it by whatever mascot she liked better 100%. Yeah. She would have probably come closer than I could ever imagine to a perfect bracket. I mean, <laughs> seriously. I, but I didn't get the chance because we're on spring break. Well, actually, I am. She has a job now. She's like a person. She's oh, wow. an HR rep for a school. So she's on spring break, too. Uh, but she has two weeks. Okay. This is all really beside the point. Um, but So I didn't really get to see her. But I would have loved to see what she could have done with it because there's no doubt in my mind it would have been like pretty good. And she would have had, she might've even predicted like Oral Roberts beating Ohio state type good just because, you know, uh, speaking of which we have another, I, I wouldn't really call this an upset, but Wisconsin has beaten North Carolina. Well, they're up by 23 with 30 seconds left. So I'm going to go ahead and say Wisconsin has beaten that North Carolina. I also had that one. So my brackets still looking pretty good. I got that one as well. Yeah, North Carolina is uh, just not good. Can you re ever remember a season where North Carolina and like Duke, Duke didn't even make the tournament, and North Carolina wasn't? Yeah. It was, I, th I think it was for the first time since the 80s or the 70s that Duke or North Carolina wasn't in the ACC championship, which is just like wild to me. Or maybe it was, I don't know, but it doesn't matter. It's been a very long time since they've not been good. And this has just been such a crazy year that both of these teams, Duke didn't even make it, and North Carolina's out in the first round. And to throw another one in there, by the way, um, Kentucky. Oh, yeah, Kentucky. They were terrible this year. Another blue blood that wasn't very good this year. Um, I got a question for you real quick, though. So it was right. kind of staying on March Madness, but I kind of want to ask another question. So <clears throat> me and my buddies were having this discussion. So one of my friends, uh, DB, he was asking us about March Madness, and we were just kind of explaining it to him. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, we were kind of <laughs> explaining it to him. Because he's never been a big basketball fan, never really gotten into it, knew what was going on, but never really cared. So he was asking us, he was like, why do y'all like it? So we, of course, addressed everything that we've kind of talked about on this podcast. Just nothing, like you never know what can happen. Upset, Cinderella runs, big time players come out of nowhere from small schools, all that good stuff, right? We're kind of hyping it up. Plus there's games from pretty much 11 o'clock in the morning until 11 o'clock at night. So all you have to do is go find a channel and you're watching the end of one game. And then as soon as that crazy ending happens, you just switch over to the next game. It's another crazy ending. It's just all day madness. That's why it's called March madness. So anyway, so we got in the conversation of what is the best time of year. And I don't mean as far as like a month or anything like that, but what is the best let's go with playoffs in all of sports. <clears throat> so we, as baseball, basketball, football fans, we didn't really include the World Cup or anything, which in a lot of people's opinion, especially soccer fans, would be up there because even as somebody that's not huge on soccer, that is a really cool thing, the World Cup and everything. Yeah, yeah. But so if you had to give me like your top, let's go with question, three or five. Question. Yeah. 
Um, is this excluding like the Olympics? Yes, because the Olympics are the best. Okay, just, okay, I'll just make sure. All right, sorry, go ahead with your question. So you essentially, the question, just make sure to clarify. So like March Madness, college baseball playoffs, college football playoffs, NFL playoffs, MLB playoffs, um, the World Cup, if you're into that, World Baseball Classic, just anything like that. What is the, what are your top three or five, whatever you want to go with, what are your top three or five playoffs or tournaments? Bro, that's hard. Like that, we're talking about the MLB playoffs. We're not talking about the entire thing. Well, actually, no. Let's go with that. Yeah, we're talking about the entire thing. Okay. Man, that's difficult. Um, I love football, and I love college football. So, personally, for me, the best is probably the college football playoff. Um, I think it... Yeah. I don't want to put it number one because I think it could be better. If that makes any sense, I think if they expanded it, it would be definite, like 100% number one, not even close. But right now, it's just pretty much number one. Um, I, you know what? I'm going to rephrase this. I'm just going to give you, did you say top three or top five? Either one. Whatever you feel. If, if you want to go top five because you don't want to leave something out, I respect that. But if you have a top three, go with top three. Okay, I'm going to go with top three in no particular order because this is difficult for me because I'm being put on the spot and I haven't had really time to think about it. But... Okay. College football playoff is definitely up there. The College World Series, 100%. Both men and women's, by the way. Um, does yeah. that count as two softball different ones? Gets, softball gets insane. Bro, that's what I'm I mean, saying. That, but can I, is awesome. that, can that count as one, though? College World Series, men and women's? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because the women's yeah, College sure. World Series is freaking fun to watch, man. They are wild. Um, so that's definitely up there. I might go to five because March Madness is up there for sure. Um, definitely NFL postseason, and then probably the last one squeezing in there, dude. It just depends on the year because when the Predators made that Stanley Cup run, it was the most fun postseason I've ever watched. But it's it, but it's probably yeah. because my team was there. So as far as just watching with no team in it, I don't think I can put the NHL in there. Because after the Preds were out, I was done watching last season. And I even said on the podcast I would I would watch the rest of it, but I just didn't because I didn't care anymore. I was mad. Uh, so I can't really put the <laughs> NHL in there. And probably my last one, probably postseason baseball, man, honestly. they're all It's literally all a mix of baseball and football and softball, of course. But that's, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that for me. All right, so mine would have to be if I'm going top five. And you'll probably bring go up no some things and I'll be like, yeah, 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 that too. So uh, yeah. just be prepared for that. So I'm going to I'm going to give a top five and then I'm going to attempt to rank them. And they're going to be very interchangeable, so don't yell at me. Okay. So my top five is going to be March Madness, MLB playoffs, yeah, college baseball and softball playoffs. That's three. Um, NFL playoffs. Yeah. And mm, probably, I guess the college football playoff. Okay, so, so I'm we have the same top five, five essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so the reason I'm leaving, I'm gonna address. I'm gonna leaving the NBA playoffs out because, because honestly, the NBA it's sucks. It's it's terrible at this point. Literally, awful. um, you can pretty much you can watch all you want. Like I think last year in the bubble. That was one of the coolest ones that I've seen in a long time. 
But after the LeBron versus the Warriors and whenever he went to the Heat, after that, in my opinion, at least for me personally, it kind of lost steam. Um, but like this last year, it was Jamal Murray's having a huge tournament. Devin Booker's having a huge tournament. But neither of them are going to go to the finals. It's just yeah. there's a cool couple storylines, and then it's who's going to face LeBron. And most of the time, it's from both sides. It's sweep, 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 sweep. They meet in the finals. And exactly. then it's just like, okay, well, that, was, that wasn't fun. So anyways... So, number five, I'm going to go college football playoff. Um, I love football, so that does hurt to put, that does hurt to put it at five. Um, but like you said, I think there's a lot of things that could be improved about it, such as more teams, different ways of going about it, but mainly the more teams and the better seedings. Um, number four, I'm going to go... I'm going to go MLB playoffs. Um, I love the Cardinals. And as a Cardinals fan, who's a team that's consistently in the playoffs, we're never the top team, but we're never the worst team. So we're pretty consistently in the middle and always getting the playoffs. I've seen some crazy runs by the Cardinals, and I've watched them. So that's always fun to watch. So that bumps it up for me and my personal experience. Number three, I'm going to have to go probably NFL playoffs. And the only reason, and everybody that knows me is going to be very surprised by that because I am a huge football fan. But the only... The only reason that it's the third, in my opinion, what'd you just say to me? <laughs> I just said, you said huge and I said nerd. Um, oh, so anyways, pass that. Yeah, just blow right uh, by The it. reason it's third is because they only play on Saturdays and Sundays. And while that's not their fault, and I understand that's part of the game, it's like they play on Sundays and Sundays are crazy. Mondays, you kind of talk about it. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, it's kind of like, eh. Fridays is gearing up for game and then Saturday Sundays is your playoffs and especially when you get late and they only play on Sundays it's just I wish it was more than once a week and that's just super not what's going to happen in football ever because it's not supposed to and I don't think it should but it would be cooler if it did and then I'm going to go college baseball as my number two slash softball. and that's probably all, yeah slash softball and that's probably also biased because Mississippi State has been really good these last few years and they've had some crazy cool Runs and experiences like Elijah McNamee and all those guys didn't walk off after walk off the past couple of years. Bro, you and but Elijah McNamee, bro, you have an obsession with that dude. dude. You need to go to counseling, man, for real. No, just his real. run. Like that's one of the coolest things you you can ever do in baseball. You have to appreciate that. I mean, yeah, but dude, you you need to talk to your therapist about that well, one, bro. What like, would you do if you hit multiple walk off home runs in the college baseball World Series and regionals and supers? What would you do? You would I'd, think it's I'd probably, pretty cool. Well, you know, I, I think it's pretty cool, yeah, but I wouldn't like, I wouldn't sit here and be like, I bet there are grown men watching my highlights right now. <laughs> Don't make fun of me for being a fan of a team. <laughs> I'm just anyway. saying, bro. That's all I'm saying. That's that's it. That's, I'm loyal to on, my team. Hey, I respect excited it. When I, I respect it. I get the, I know, I, I agree. I just like giving you a hard time, but you know. Maybe mention it. Just throw it so in there in passing to your counselor, bro. Okay, okay. If I ever get one, I'll <laughs> let them know. <clears throat> anyway, so my number two, like I said, college baseball and college softball. Number one is have to be March Madness, kind of because the reasons I just addressed. As a Mississippi State and Vanderbilt-ish fan, basketball is just not our thing. So I can go pretty much every year into the March Madness hype and not care who wins other than what my bracket says. So then you've got me rooting for teams that I will not think of until next March. And some of them I've never even heard of. 
and it's just crazy and all the cool things that can happen, all the runs that could be made, everything we've already addressed. I'm not going to keep going, but March Madness just playing from 11 to 11 all day, every day for a week and a half, other than probably two or three days is just, it doesn't get much better for sports than that. Yeah. And you know, I'm going to actually go back on what I said. Like you got to talking about it and it kind of reminded me how much I really hate the college football playoff because yeah. It's just like not even really fun. To, and I said that was number one because I was sitting here thinking like, okay, well, what's my favorite sport? My favorite sport is college football, so that has to be the playoff. But it's but it's really not, honestly. So I'm going to go ahead and go back on what I said and completely agree with your ranking, actually. For like the first time ever. ever yeah, for the first time ever, honestly, I agree. Yeah, first time ever, I agree with Massey. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The only thing that I would do is I might bump up um, – the NFL playoffs, maybe to number two or one, really, because I love to gamble on it. <laughs> like I love the same game parlays. It makes every game interesting. So I might put that up there. But no, I actually really agree with with your list. So good job, buddy. Thank you. I think the best part about this is that this is on recording. Yeah, I know. And so now know. it's there forever. Literally, forever. I can have a solid point with reasoning behind it. No, that was a really good take, honestly. I I take back everything I said about the... But if if for some reason in the future they decide to expand to eight games or, or you have to win your conference to get in and all that stuff, I'm sure college football will go higher. Yeah, no, but the, for me, I agree. As is, no, I 100%. It's definitely the worst of my favorites. Like, I still watch every game, but it's not as enjoyable as the other ones. Like, March Madness is just... It's different. There's not really anything like it because, I mean, you have to be perfect, right? You have to be – it's one and done. Like, there's no series. It's you win or you're done. Like, it doesn't matter if you're the number one seed. If you lose that first game, you're going home. It's over. So, I think that kind of adds an element because the only way you can be the national champion is if you go undefeated in March Madness. Like you literally yeah, cannot I, get beat. So that creates chaos. And in this chaos, you find awesome storylines like Loyola, Chicago. What was it? Two years back when they went on that yeah. crazy run, made it all the way to the final four. Right. Yeah. And then lost barely, a, barely lost. But that's something that you really can't find anywhere else. Yeah. I have a crazy hot take on that. I'm about to say, and I know you're going to cook me for it because it's, kind of hard to explain but i don't know why this has always always made sense in my head when you really think about march madness it should numerically be easy to win it and hear me out on why because all you have to do <laughs> is not lose <laughs> all you have to do is not oh lose. my god if only somebody had thought of that nathan what no, a great no, no, take no, this no. is thus far i know I know that it's hard to not lose. Like, that's the whole point. But when you think about the amount of games that happen in the tournament every single year, you're only a part of, what, six games? So you only have to not lose six times compared to everyone else in the entire tournament. So numerically, it shouldn't be that hard to win. But it's super hard to win because the whole not losing part is obviously the hardest part. Bro, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but that's always made sense in my head. Bro, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, that does not make 
any sense, dude. <laughs> the goal, the, the, the way to, have. the way to win every postseason ever is to not lose, bro. <laughs> well, no, because you can you can lose in other postseasons and still advance. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> the There's principle of the whole idea of There's competing. Games. There's like seven day games that day, and you're not playing. There goes half your competition right there. All you have to do is just not lose it. You don't play that day, then you don't lose. I think I see what you're saying. Okay, hold on. But let me rephrase this for you because the way you said it is hilariously wrong. (laughs) I I think a better way to put this into perspective, and I might be completely wrong and heading somewhere like a dead end with this sentence, (laughs) but I had a spark and I was like, hold on, let me capitalize on this while I have the idea. So I think a better way to put it is comparatively speaking, right? You have to win six games. But there are 64 teams in the bracket. So yeah. the, the amount that you have to win compared to the amount of people in the bracket is very little. Does that, does that, is that kind of what you're hinting at? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, like, when you think about the NFL, like I talked about this earlier. So you play on, okay, other than wildcard weekend or whatever, you play on Sunday. Yeah. You and every other team plays on either Saturday or Sunday. Right. So within a two-day span, there are, what, four games maybe six at most in those two days. Yeah. And that's it. You yeah. just like, but you're a one out of six chance of you're going to be a loser of that game. Right. But when you're in March madness, there's what, there was like 10 games today alone. And then there's 10 more tomorrow and you don't even play tomorrow. So all you have to do is you're a one in 20, not really, but you're one out of 20 games. You only have to win the one. So there's right. not, nearly, yeah. there's, and, and, like in the NFL, yeah, your competition gets cut half every single round, but just and this is numerically, this isn't reality. I'm not saying that this is just as easy as simple as it should be, but numerically, you lose so many more teams every time that you play compared to all the other games that are happening. So just by the numbers, you lose a lot more teams, but also there's a lot more teams that are playing in it. So I'm telling you. This wasn't a good take. That's why I called it a hot take. It's not. It's not. It's it not. Made- it's not a bad take. I get what you're saying, yeah. but the way you put it was just so hilariously incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> like what you what you're saying okay, makes I, sense. I can accept that honestly. Like I understand. Like I get where you're. Like if I didn't know you so well, I'd probably be like, "What is this dude talking about?" Right, but like I am able so to get every one of our listeners what they're about to think when they hear this part of the podcast. Well, the first part because I kind of brought it into perspective. <laughs> like I heard what you were saying. You put it into normal. You put it into normal people words, not like Massey brain. <laughs> like Massey brain is lot team. Me no lose. We win. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. This easy. Exactly. <laughs> this easy. Me That's like exactly what I think. Yeah. No but, lose champion. <laughs> Me no lose six game, me win big trophy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bro. This story. <laughs> but I get what you're saying. It, By the way, for everybody that's out there listening, I promise I'm not stupid. No, like, he's really not dumb. Point. It was just the way he I'm put that. I'm an intelligent person for the most part. <laughs> I do have my dumb moments, and that take is probably one of them. But I don't know why. But my entire life, that's just made sense, and I've never questioned it. And I've only explained it to a few people. And most of the time, I get them to come around. You got me to come around, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. So Dunstan, who, like you said earlier, loves to disagree with me, kind of came around on it. Now, is that something that he's going to take into his own personal opinion? Probably not. But he at least kind of understands what I'm saying here. 
Yeah, no, it makes sense. Like in in a weird way, it, it kind of like I can see where you're coming from. But anyway, okay, look, that's enough of March Madness. All right, we've been talking about March Madness somehow for forty minutes. I don't know how we yeah, got here. March, man. It is March. It's very exciting. There's another game on right now, I believe. It's Rutgers and Clemson. What? Oh, I have. I think I have Rutgers in that one. I think I do too. I don't think I have any more upsets today. Actually, yeah, I don't have any upset. more upsets today. I do need Purdue to pull it out against whoever they're playing. I don't really remember who they're playing because my bracket percentile is 100 right now. So that would be sick if Purdue went ahead and pulled it out. They were down by six with like. Ooh, I just jumped to 87.5. Oh, that's great, bro. But uh, anyway, okay, listen, here's what I want to get into. And. I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and drop in a break right here. We're not going to break, but you'll hear a break right now. The Common Fan is brought to you by Waltz Free Hand Sanitizing Lotion. It protects you up to four times longer than gel and won't crack or dry your hands. Try it out at store.avcare.com. Okay, so that was the end of the break, Massey. I'm going to drop it in after, which is why we're <laughs> still recording here. But if you haven't already, be sure to check out store.avcare.com. Use code TCF21 for 5% off your purchase. Support the brand. Support the boys. Waltz free. Okay? Massey, Woo. this has been... Let's just, let's just jump right into it, okay? The Titans seem to have cut everybody on offense. Everybody. Everyone. Everybody who is anybody. Other than you, Derek Ryan. Other than Derek, Tanny, and AJ, you're, you were, you're gone. Why don't you go ahead and jump into that? I'm just going to let you run with this. You say what you feel. I will interfere if I need to. All right. So as far as the t- – okay, let's just address the whole uh, free agency period. This has been one of the craziest, most wild free agencies we've ever seen, and for good reason with the cap going down and all the teams. And by the way, for the very simple explanation, for the reason why this one is so crazy compared to other years is the cap is always projected to go up because that's just how the revenue works. That's how everything's going with the NFL. It continuously rises as money continues to be made by the NFL and every organization. So the reason this is so weird is with COVID, a lot of the income from ticket sales and merchandise and other things as far as game day experiences were lost for the most part all of it so oh sorry i got choked my water um so anyways so the reason the reason it's so weird is because usually like i said when it goes up this is the first time it's gone down in a long time so not only did it not stay the same instead of going up it went down which is just not what it's ever supposed to do so that resulted in a lot of teams cutting players having to restructure contracts having to just do everything weird with the rosters right people getting traded everything so anyway, so as far as the Titans go, we have completely re- redone our offense. And I want I we can't even say redone yet because we haven't really done a lot as far as signing our offense. We we did a lot on defense. We went and got Bud Dupree, we went and got Janoris Jenkins, but at the same time we cut Kenny Vaccaro, Malcolm Butler, Dory Jackson. Um we re-signed Jayon Brown. Uh, I think we got another, uh, we got, um, Danico Autry from the Colts. 
So we got a lot. We got a lineman of too, offensive lineman, I believe. Kendall. Yeah, I can't think. Something. Lamb from Kendall Lamb from the Browns. Yeah. Yeah, and we also cut Dennis Kelly on the offensive side of the ball. Sad so, for the boys. That was very lot. sad, by the yeah. way. Yeah, because if if you know us, we love Dennis Kelly. I don't. He came in, did exactly what we wanted him to do, and we love him. So the, that was R. R. Dennis Kelly. Real, qu- real quick though, that was the trade of the century. We got Dennis Kelly, who is a stud offensive lineman, for Doriel Green Beckham, bro. Trade of yeah, the century, tra- and that was that was what like four years ago now. Yeah, we a got while. a lot of production out of that, and I don't even think DGB plays anymore. No, I think he was out of the out of the league in probably a year or two after. It may have even been longer than that, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. He's Anyways. been here for a minute. Yeah. So anyway, so we've redone the defense, which if you were to ask everybody last year if if we sign all these people, if you'd be excited, and we'd be like, Yes, we're going to win the Super Bowl. But like I said, with the cap and everything, that has to be you can't just do that this year. What ended up happening was Corey Davis is gone and Dennis Kelly is gone and I mean, we are missing. John has gone. John has gone. Khalif Raymond's gone. Yeah, chunks of our offense. Adam Humphreys is gone. gone I'm pretty yeah. sure. We're missing huge, like key role players or key not role, but key players in our offense that was historically good last year. So then it's kind of like last year we were good on offense, not good on defense, and now as of right this moment, we are good on defense and not that great on offense. And you can say, oh well, we still have AJ Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. That's it. But that's it. That's all you've got as far as offensive production. Our line, for the most part, is still intact, which is good because I actually love our offensive line. Um, Except for Dennis. Yeah, R.I.P. Dennis. Um, But as far as people that we're actually going to give the ball to, it's literally, what is it, A.J., Derek, Ryan, and Nick Westbrook, Akeen, or whatever, Akina, whatever his name is, and that's just not... Darrington Evans, maybe. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Darrington Evans. I know we re-signed ASAP Ferk. Uh, shout out Anthony Ferkser. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's not looking like we're going to bring back Michael Pruitt. I think we still have Jeff Swaim. Um, anyways, we need to go and get in the draft now. Our needs have completely changed. Um, we <laughs> have to get a receiver. We have to get a cornerback, which I think was still kind of a need we already had. But now we have to go get a cornerback. Um, probably need to go get another D lineman. Um, we need safeties. I mean, we are, unless they believe Amani Hooker is going to be the guy is to take over Kenny Vaccaro's role, which he played well in which, selective play yeah, over the last he, few years. He very well could. Uh, he yeah, could very no, well he could. could. That. He has, she showed promise. We let uh, Desmond King walk as well. Yeah. Desmond King's gone. Yeah. So we're going to have, as, as far as the faces of our franchise, we're still pretty intact as far as, as the ones I would consider as a face of our franchise would be Derek, Ryan, AJ, Taylor Lewan, Jeffrey Simmons. Byard. Kevin Byard. Yeah. Yeah, so we have yeah. all of them left. But as far as literally every other position, you better get used to some new faces. So hopefully that works out. Hopefully J-Rob drafts well. Hopefully we continue to sign people um, that Jayon contract was absolutely massive for what we got him for, um, yeah. considering his project his production over the last few years. Other than when he's been hurt, I think that's the only thing that really hurt him was being injured. I think he'll probably play out his year here, have a big year. Hopefully, we retain him if the if the cap goes up. But realistically, he's probably going to go somewhere else and hopefully have a great career, just not against us. Um, but yeah, I think we need receiver on my list, receiver, corner, and. D lineman is still at the tops of my list. Um, 
and then depth. We need tons of depth now. Yeah, and for what it's worth, we also traded uh, Isaiah Wilson, who that bum didn't – I think he played, what, like two snaps? I saw some weird metric yeah, that he – Yeah, and that he made like, like $3 million per snap or something along those lines this year, yeah. probably more. Um, I hope the door hit him on the way out. Don't really care about him. But one thing I am worried about, and this is probably a, a dumb take, is the the signing of Bud Dupree. Now, I know he's a stud. He's an elite pass rusher. But a lot of his rushes apparently last year, I'm not going to act like I'm a guru and I just watch the Steelers all the time. Um, but apparently a lot of his, his pass rushes went um, unblocked. So he rushed the quarterback and 61% of the time that he got pressure, he was unblocked. So that does bring a little bit of concern, but if they do have to block him, that might open up Jeffrey Simmons a little bit uh, to get to the quarterback or vice versa. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to that dynamic, but it just always seems like when we go out and sign a big time guy like that, it, it just blows up in our faces. I mean, I wouldn't call Jadavion Clowney a huge bust because whenever he was in the game, he had a big impact. He was, he was, uh, he brought attention from the other, uh, from the offensive line. He, he got a lot of pressures, but he was hurt. So you can't really call it an elite pickup, but you also can't say, yeah, it sucked. Um, but Vic Beasley, total bust. These things that we've done in the past usually don't really work out in our favor. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm not going to be excited or down until I see the product put on the field because I have a lot of trust in John Robinson. I think that he really wants to win and he makes moves that help us win now. We'll need to revisit this topic though after the draft because it all depends on what we go get. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And as far as your defensive lineman take, I don't completely disagree. I do think that if you're thinking about our first, like our first four guys you're going to send out there, right, which would be Bud Dupree, Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry, and Harold Landry, that's a pretty scary pass rush and just D-line it all together, in my opinion. And I think you've got a good mix, a good balanced mix of types of rushers. Um, Bud Dupree is quick and strong. He's not exactly overly quick or overly strong, but he's a balanced of the two, in my opinion, of what I've seen of him. Jeffrey Simmons is absolutely going to dominate whoever he puts you on if you're one-on-one. And one-on-two, all that does is open it up for a speed guy like Landry. I think Danico's more of a... I think he's more of like a rush stopper type guy, which would obviously help um, with Jeffrey Simmons getting those double teams. Maybe they can... I mean, if they can take on three guys between the two of them, somebody in our linebacking core can hopefully make a tackle or even they can bust through and make the tackle. Um, I like that. But like I said, we need depth. Like we are... And I'm pretty, I'd guarantee we're not the only team in the NFL that's like this, just with everything that's going on. Um, so the draft, I think, will be huge this year as far as picking people up. I know free agency has been crazy, but as far as getting depth, which is usually outside of your first two or three rounds, is what the rest of those uh, rounds are for. So guys that you can draft that are late round guys that can come in and give you quality time when they are on the field is absolutely huge. Now, as far as our first, two or three rounds, you have to have a number two receiver because as great as AJ is, he can't be the only threat on the field. He can't be. And not saying that he won't get open still, 
but it's just the fact of you need to get him help. He can't, like I said, you, he cannot be your only receiver um, that gets open on a regular basis. We have to get a slot guy. We have to get a number two receiver. Um, I think Rashad Bateman or maybe a Kadarius Tony could, could free some things up. Um, and then I think you obviously have to get corners. I think Christian Fulton is going to improve after having a full off season. He got playing time last year, but obviously with a full off season, um, I think he was even kind of banged up throughout the year. So I think just being healthy will help. Now, if he's just going to be a lockdown number two corner, that's up for debate. But getting getting another corner would be huge. And I, I trust Imani Hooker as, of what I've seen and Kevin Byer to hold it down on the backside of the defense. Um, but like I said, I think depth in the late rounds is going to be absolutely critical in a year where you can't just max the salary cap out and go and, and pick up everybody ever in, in free agency. Yeah, it, it, Malcolm Butler's gone too, right? Yeah, Malcolm Butler's gone. He's gone. I mean, it just seems like a completely depleted lineup. So your only corner right now, yeah, your only corner right now that was on the team last year that's going to get regular playing time again this year is going to be Christian Fulton and I guess Breon Borders because I'm pretty sure we brought him back and he actually looked pretty solid. So, but that again, you're throwing out Janoris Jenkins, Christian Fulton, and Breon Borders as your day one starters, which I don't know how I feel about that yet. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to see. And like we said, we'll have to revisit after the draft. But as far as the rest of the NFL, you have anything that stuck out to you in free agency? Um, first of all, the Patriots. Um, so I actually have a list. Of, <laughs> yeah, bro. The Patriots. Bill, Bill Belichick. Yeah, you go ahead and pull it up. Bill Belichick took last season personally. Homie said, okay, this is not oh. how it's going to go down here in Boston. We're going to go out and get every free agent that we can. So why don't you go down the list of what they've done in this offseason? So keep in mind, this is only what the Patriots have signed. They re-signed Cam Newton. They signed Nelson Aguilar. They signed Kendrick Bourne, who are two pretty solid receivers. They signed great tight ends in Hunter Henry and RIP Jonu Smith um, from the Titans. They went and got Trent Brown, uh, David Andrews, Dietrich Weiss, I'm leaving out a few, Devon Godshaw, um, Matt Judon, Raekwon McMillan, Cal Van Noy. Um, they, those, go, those guys are all either just agreed, re-signed, or maybe even extended. Um, and they even got Nick Folt uh, as far as a kicker. But they've got one, two, oh, and Jalen Mills is a big one. They signed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen people to a new contract. That has to be some sort of record. Has to be, right? Yeah. And that's insane. But they did have a ton of cap space. I'm pretty sure they've got a good amount of picks still. Um, but man, they are I'm just by the way, just scrolling to find that. I looked through the AFC East and the AFC East is going to be pretty entertaining, in my opinion. Um, like the Dolphins, they're going to be a little bit better. They didn't need a ton, but they were a pretty solid team last year. Went and picked up Will Fuller, uh, Bernard McKinney, a couple that stand out. The Jets got Keelan Cole, Corey Davis, Tyler Croft, Carl Lawson, uh, LaMarcus Joyner, all pretty solid players. And inevitably one of the great quarterbacks in the draft. Yeah, and and one of the best quarterbacks in the draft as far as we think before the draft and then the bills didn't really do a ton, but they didn't really need to because of how good they were last year. So I think that AFC East is going to be pretty, pretty daggum solid in my opinion. 
Yeah, no, I could definitely see that happening. I do have a question for you. What I, I know, Stefan Diggs didn't. Did, what isn't going back to the Bills, right? Or did I? I or did that. I dream that up? I could have very well dreamed that up, but I felt I thought that there was news that Diggs was not going to go back to the Bills because you remember that picture when they got beat in the playoffs. It's him watching whoever they lost to. I think it was the Chiefs. Did they lose to the Chiefs? Yeah, in the AFC Championship. He was like standing yeah. on the field looking back, and people were like, "Yeah," because he knew that this was his last game in a Bills uniform. Is that true? Yeah, I just looked up Stefan Diggs on Twitter and none of the tweets that are at the top say anything about him leaving. Oh, then I'm um, not a dream. I, I was about to say, I think if he was leaving, it'd be all over Twitter. Um, so it doesn't look like it. Yeah, I must have dreamed that up. But could you imagine if the Titans were like, yeah, hey, Stefan Diggs? Oh, yeah, give us Stefan Diggs. Dude, that I would, would be, insane. I would, I, oh, yeah, I'd be, I'd be beside myself. I've been begging for them to just sign a receiver. If you got me Stefan Diggs, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I know, right? Like, it would be I would awesome. Be, I would everything that they've done would be forgiven. I'd be like, okay, he he had a plan. He knew. He's already he's been talking to Stefan Diggs since the playoffs started. We already knew. Could you could you imagine running out an offense and you've got AJ, Stefan Diggs, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill? Would be and a solid real. A solid tight end core that it doesn't have any big names, but does exactly what they're supposed to and what they're needed to do. And then a, a, one of the best offensive lines in the, in the NFL. You know what? That kind of made me realize this suggestion of Stefan Diggs. It's not, it's obviously not going to happen, but if it did, could you imagine? Um, we'd have to credit the, this pod with breaking the news. Um, but anyway, oh, yeah. that little exchange kind of made me realize that I, th- I think the Titans are one like great offensive signee away from being just loaded on offense. Oh yeah. I mean, because just the addition, obviously it's Stefan Diggs. He's one of the, sorry, go ahead. What now? I was going to say just one big signing. If you give me like somebody like Kenny Galladay and then you draft a, a solid slot receiver, like I said, Kadarius Tony, in my opinion, he looks pretty, pretty solid out of Florida. Yeah. Um, If you run that offense out there, and that defense ends up meshing like we think it may have the potential to do. Oh boy, watch out! The Titans can make a run. Ah, uh, yeah, and I didn't even think like that until we started talking about Stephon Diggs. You know, our fantasy of him being signed to the Titans for for whatever reason. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, if they're they're one elite player away from being like, oh crap, like these dudes are for real. Um, but then I say yeah. that, and we had all these guys last year, and but. We weren't, we, you know, we first round exit <sighs> doesn't matter. I'm still upset about it. Um, anyway, what else you got for me? We've been going for an hour. What else you got? So I'll just throw out some, some receivers since we're on the topic. Let's throw out some receivers All right. that we could still get according to free agency, according to spottrack.com. Um, T Y Hilton is out there. Larry Fitzgerald, I'm pretty sure he's going to retire. Yeah. Golden Tate, Deshaun Jackson, Sammy Watkins, Adam Humphreys, obviously. Marquise Goodwin, Marquise Goodwin, I think I would like that. Willie Sneed. Apparently, Cordell Patterson was tweeting at the Titans the other day to pick him up. Um, <laughs> I'd pretty much consider him a running back at this point. I don't really don't know what he is. I mean, for real. Um, he just said doing that from there on out. Yeah, and then pretty much from there on out, it really doesn't look amazing. I wouldn't hate um, Sammy Watkins. That'd be a no, big I wouldn't time pickup, for, in my opinion. Yeah. I will say, just scrolling through this list, out of like the top 15 people, 
pretty much, your youngest option is going to be Demarcus Robinson at 27 or Farrow Cooper at 26. Everyone else is pretty much 29 plus, including a 38-year-old Larry Fitzgerald and a 36-year-old Danny Amendola. So, so I'm going to have to say no to both of those. <laughs> but, I mean, there's still a lot going on. I'm trying to think if anybody else just made huge splashes in free agency um, or had some huge uh, some huge signings. So I'll just kind of look through this real quick. Carl Lawson to the Jets. Like I said, the Jets had a big one. Um, Tampa Bay's done pretty good about bringing back um, pretty much everyone they could from last year. Um, I think Washington's actually had a pretty good signing period so far. The Cardinals went and got J.J. Watt. We all know about that, but that's kind of wild still. Um, just kind of scrolling through. Not a lot of other ones just overly stand out. Obviously, I'm not putting a ton of thought into this. Right. So there's probably people I'm missing before everybody comes at me. Um, but no, I think it's just insane. I think a lot of people are signing a lot of people as dumb as that sounds, but it's just, if you gave me a quiz on who was on what team at this moment, I would not do great. I would not pass because there's been so many people that are on new teams. Oh, and by the way, a very underappreciated part of free agency for the Titans. We went and got, I'm pretty sure, six-time pro bowler, uh, Matt Overton, who was the long snapper for the Ravens for so long and will now be our long snapper. Um, so we obviously saw what happened last year with our kicking game. And a little known fact, I'm pretty sure that Gostowski with Bo Brinkley last year was almost 50% or something crazy. And then once we got rid of Bo Brinkley and brought in, I can't even remember now who was the long snapper at this point. Um, he was eight of nine to finish the year. And if you think about who he's snapping the ball for in Baltimore, Justin Tucker, there's usually a pretty there's a good correlation between a good long snapper and a good kicker and a good holder, right? You can't have one without having at least some parts of the other two. Um, so hopefully we'll sure up the kicking game, which did kill us in multiple games last year and almost cost us a bunch of games or made them way more stressful than they should have been. So hopefully Matt Overton can fix the kicking problem, even though he's not a kicker. Yeah, but, but I see what you're just saying. A little all right, bro. Well, listen, that's pretty much all the time we have. A, uh, B, Purdue and North Texas are in overtime, but it looks like North Texas is about to pull it out. So there goes my 100 percentile bracket that was also uh, correct because another game just hit and I was right on it. Uh, I think it was the Houston game. But anyway, before we go, let's go ahead and get a third strike in. Massey, what do you have for me for your third strike? Oh, let me think about this for about two seconds. Um... Do you have one just off the top of your head? Do you have anything ready? Of course, bro. I always got one ready. You kidding me? I, I come prepared, man. What are you doing? All right, go ahead. Well, okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Mine, I'm, just, I'm playing. Mine is short and sweet. Arkansas to the Elite Eight, potentially the Final Four. It's going to happen. They're going to beat Texas Tech on Sunday. And, they, and they're just, then they're just moonwalking into the Elite Eight. It's happening. It, it's, it's the first time in my life that I'm going to see a successful run from my team in March Madness. Cannot wait for it. Uh, in all seriousness, I really do think they have a shot to make a run at this thing, especially if they can get past Texas Tech into the Sweet 16. But Arkansas, we'll see in the Elite Eight at least. <laughs> all right, I like that. I like that take. I actually agree with that, so I like that. Um, I for completely forgot about this. I found it in my notes when I was just looking. Um, 
So this is kind of a controversial topic right now on Twitter and on all social media right now. And I just feel like we need to address it on this pod before we just end this one. So I don't know if you saw this, Dunstan. I'm pretty sure a lot of people out there that listen have seen this at least somewhat on Twitter. But the absolute mismanagement of the NCAA on the equipment and facilities on the men's and women's sides of the tournament. And if you haven't, just go look it up because it won't be that hard to find at this point. (laughs) Maybe just hadn't come across your feed yet. But simple breakdown of it, the men's equipment as far as their lifting area was absolutely insane, phenomenal. They have tons of resources and facilities and everything you could do for any workout you could think of. And the women's had a dumbbell rack and a table with yoga mats on it. And that is just awful. And of what I've seen about what the men are being fed, they're getting a whole bunch of stuff, uh, lots of really good food. And the women have been getting boxed lunches and stuff of what I've seen. Now, that's not that could be not entirely true. We're just we're only seeing the bad parts of it. But the weight room is what it is. It's pretty obvious what happened there. The NCAA tried to say that it was just space, but then you've seen videos on Twitter where they scroll from their practice court to an entire area of just openness that could be filled with at least some type of workout equipment. So that's just awful in the NCAA. It's a terrible look. It's a terrible thought. I can't even believe that it happened. It's absolutely sad. It should never be allowed to be like that. There's a reason that Title IX and everything, it should all be even and fair and equal. The NCAA has to fix this. They can never let this happen again. And it's absolutely embarrassing on the NCAA's part that they allowed this to even be a thought, let alone executed and actually happen to these to these women that work hard to get to where they're at. Um, I know the men do too, but the men get what they get and they've gotten a ton and the women just haven't got what the men got. So that's, that's pretty tough. And I hope for the best for the women in the tournament and from here on out, I hope that they, including this tournament, that they get what they need as far as resources and facilities. Um, but NCA, be better. We all hate you for some reason or another. Quit giving us reasons to talk crap about you, please. At this point, it's just sad. You know, that's a pretty good place to end. And I do have some arguments for that. Okay. I don't, should I get into them or should I just, you know what, let it, let it slide? Give me your opinion. Uh, let's hear what you got. All right. So let me first start off by saying I 100% agree. Okay. I think that it's a complete, literally the dumbbell rack and the yoga mat. That is a complete joke. Okay. However, <clears throat> off the top of my head, I can think of the revenue that Men's March Madness brings is upwards of $800 million. I think it's around $860 million, okay? And the Women's March Madness, not making it any less, you know, equal or whatever, but it brings $30 million, okay? So in by math, the NCAA loses about $14 million a year just by having Women's March Madness, And whenever you talk about March Madness, you don't really think about the women's tournament, right? You think about the men's, you know, you always fill out the guys bracket. And I'm not saying it's any worse or better. And there's really no excuse for the the rack of, of dumbbells and the yoga mats because that's absolutely ridiculous. However, to think that it's, they have the funds to be able to provide that month, to provide the same level of um, of space and workout equipment as they do for the guys is kind of unrealistic, just speaking from a financial standpoint. Now, yeah, they could trickle in some of the guys $800 million. That's a great thing. I mean, I, I would totally get on board with that. But just looking at the numbers, 
it's really hard to be equal when it doesn't create as much revenue. Does that make sense? And this has nothing to do with saying that, you know, women's and men's sports is, you know, one's better than the other. That's not what I'm saying at all. But as far as mathematics go and financials, it's kind of unrealistic to believe that they can put on the exact same show and venues and all this stuff when you see how much money they bring in for the NCAA. Yeah, I mean, I understand. Financials obviously play a role in it. Um, but like I, what I mentioned in the first point was the NCAA in their quote said that it had to do with availability in the facility and which is pretty much a space. Yeah. And then you show them that there's all this free space and then it's like, okay, if space was the problem, then we have space. You know what I mean? Now, if they came out and said it's a financial discrepancy where the men make more than the women and that's just it is what it is, then you could at least say, okay, at least they had logic behind it, like a factual mathematical difference. Yeah. Now, do I think that's how it should be still? And I don't think you you obviously didn't mean this either. No, we don't think that the women should get less. Um, no, not at all. That's not what I'm saying. Than, yeah, no, neither of us are saying that. Um. But now, but like I said, if they at least said that, then you could at least be like, okay, well, they're not wrong, but it's still not right on what they're doing. But it's almost like if I told you something and I lied to you about it, and then I gave you a reason why I lied, and the reason I lied wasn't even the truth, then it's like, well, then why'd you even lie in the first place? You know what I mean? It's just yeah. kind of like the way they went about it was poor. Um, and I do understand that the mathematical differences between the money. Um, I think there's <clears throat> maybe other ways that you could split up, like you said, split the difference up. And yes, the men bring it in, but the NCAA is an organization that makes money yeah, for with sure. all sports. And there's there's supposed to be a way where they split it all as evenly as possible. And there's just no way, that you, and I, there's no way you could possibly tell me that the way they split it up was the men got all of this crazy um, facilities and equipment and the women got a dumbbell rack. Now, if they had the same amount of racks and everything and they're a little bit less of quality or maybe less weight, then you could say, okay, well, at least they have the same things. It's just not as nice. But again, I think that it should be pretty even at, at minimum. Yeah, no, I, I agree that with that. But I was just trying to provide, like, kind of playing devil's advocate. Like, I can definitely see where it's not as extravagant as the men's for that reason. But, like, come on, NCAA. You can provide more than a dumbbell. It's not even a dumbbell rack. It's like what you find in a hotel gym. Literally, if yeah, that, they, they have a hotel weight room without the treadmill. Yeah. In, in some cases, it's even less. That's sad. Yeah, that's I, yeah, I that's know. Sad. I agree. I agree with that. Um, but anyway, all right. Well, that's all the time we have. Massey, do you have anything else to add, bro? I think that's it. Um, for Dunson's sake, woo pig, make a big run. We'll hopefully have a podcast out before that, before we get that far in the tournament again. And hopefully they're still in it. Hailful. Um and Hale State when it comes to college baseball. So <laughs> fair enough. That's all we have, Massey. And Thanks. Roll and roll Jays, baby. <laughs> roll Jays. Go hogs. Massey, I appreciate you supporting the freaking the boys of Arkansas, making a Razorback fan out of you. Anyway, <laughs> that's all we've got. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out.